Hi everyone, this is Steph, one of the hosts of Mindful Chatter. After my intro episode, where I talked a little bit about my research on navigating conflicting expectations surrounding food and body image in Chinese cultural setting, I received so many great comments from you all, so thank you so much for those. To summarize, I conducted a study where I interviewed Chinese young adult women about how they navigate traditional eating norms which emphasize the importance of eating practices and meal times in preserving interpersonal relationships, and ideals of feminine appearance, which assert that we need to look a certain way in order to represent ourselves as respectable and acceptable women. And so I know that a lot of you were interested in learning about how to handle situations where people around you are commenting on your eating habits and your body, and where you find yourself feeling really fed up, but also really powerless. In today's episode, I wanted to share some thoughts on strategies that you can use to navigate these challenging situations, which are informed by my research and by my personal experiences. So my aim during this episode is not to criticize or to correct, but rather I really want to start a conversation about these topics that I'm sure affect so many of us, and just to build some awareness of what is going on in our minds and our hearts when these situations happen to us. If you're new here, this is Mindful Chatter, presented to you by Steph, Vincent, and Kathleen. Here on this podcast, we chat about everything related to mindfulness, both as a personal practice and as a way to create social impact. We explore ways to improve our self-awareness and social awareness so that we can do what is best for ourselves and society. If you like this podcast, the best way to support us is to subscribe and leave us a rating and review. You can also send this episode to a friend or share it on social media by tagging us at MindfulChatterHK on Instagram or our Facebook page, Mindful Chatter. Enjoy the show! So first of all, let's talk a little bit about why we might be motivated to diet or otherwise try to control our weight or body shape. Again, what I'm about to say may or may not resonate with you. And the point really is to suggest one of many perspectives that you might find helpful as you start to reflect on what feels and sounds true for you. So I'm going to kick us off with an interesting research finding from Professor Sing Lee, who's one of my favorite researchers and who, to my understanding, was one of the first, if not the first person, to, to conduct research on anorexia nervosa in the Hong Kong population. He wrote a paper called Fat, Fatigue, and the Feminine, a great paper, Um, and he reported that instead of aiming to lose a certain amount of weight, Hong Kong women that he interviewed dieted because they thought that the act of dieting would help them represent themselves as morally responsible individuals. So what this is really trying to say is that Even just saying to someone that you are unhappy with your body, that you're going to diet, this kind of performance of dieting is enough to earn us some kind of social currency or social reward. So really think about how many of our conversations with friends and family members revolve around dieting and exercising and changing our bodies. 
just think back to a couple of conversations that you've had this week. I know I can already think of a couple um, where I, I spoke, where I heard someone talk about their body and um, I had to navigate that. And I'm sure that everyone who's listening right now may be able to resonate with what I'm saying right now. So in essence, it's really not the actual act of losing the weight that motivates us, but it's the meaning behind our attempts to lose weight. We try to change our bodies because society rewards us for doing so in very real ways. So here is my next point, and that's, you know, when I first started to do research on eating disorders and body image, and I really saw how harmful these behaviors are um, and the attitudes of trying to control our bodies, I wanted to convince every single person that I met that, you know, wanting to change your body is wrong, don't diet, and I wanted to instill these values in people's minds. Um, but as I continued along this path of speaking to more people and um, really hearing others' lived experience, I realized that just because messages are harmful doesn't mean that they don't have very real impacts on people's lives. And that, as I was saying before, that they don't shape um, the way that society rewards us. So, for example, even, even though judging people's morality based on their weight is completely ludicrous to me, and I'm sure to many of us who are listening. Um, the research does show that individuals who live in larger bodies experience worse treatment and receive less opportunities in school and workplace settings. And I mention those research findings because I want to highlight that there are real consequences for not sticking to the status quo and unfortunately the status quo that our society has currently created is a smaller body. And this is going to be a topic for another episode, um, but I really wanted to touch on it briefly here. Um, and that is what we know from the existing research is that body size is determined by so much more than willpower and personal control. It's determined by our genetics, our socioeconomic statuses, which affect the availability of certain foods and access to spaces like gyms, and our access to good health care. And research also shows that individuals in larger bodies are often disregarded by doctors due to their body size, which ironically in turn leads to poorer health outcomes because they're not being taken seriously at the doctor's office. So, in short, I really can't dispute that people have very real reasons for wanting to lose weight or change their body. Many of us suffer as a result of not sticking to body image standards that are prescribed um, to us. But although I might not be able to convince you to throw diet culture out of the window by the end of this episode, I'd really like to invite you to start the process of learning to be mindful of the ways that diet culture influences the beliefs and attitudes that you were convinced came from yourself. I think that it's so important to regularly examine the reasons behind why you do things, um, whether you do things because you told yourself that it would feel good, or whether you just never thought to challenge something that society told you would make you feel good. 
So from my own experience, building awareness surrounding what influences my actions doesn't necessarily diminish the power of the influence, but it makes me more conscious of the other ways that I can achieve things that I value. So for example, when I began to become aware of the fact that the main reason why I was so desperate to change my body was because I was desperate to feel social connection and acceptance, I began to explore other ways to reach my interpersonal need, like calling a friend or talking to my mom. I also realized that sometimes I would crave warm foods because I wanted to feel like I was committed to taking care of myself. I was craving self-care. And so I began to explore other ways to help myself feel cared for by myself, like making time to journal and listening to chill music before I went to sleep. And now I wanted to talk a little bit about why we may feel angry when someone comments on our bodies or tells us what to eat. From the way I see it, it makes us angry because it crosses a boundary by undermining our autonomy and independence. So remember what we were saying about controlling the body as a way of controlling life? So when someone interrupts our self-perception, such as by providing unwelcome comments about our bodies, or imposes expectations on us, like forcing food on us, or telling us that we have to finish something, or that it's going to be disrespectful if we don't eat what they've offered us, we might feel really suffocated by this person's assumption that they have the right to tell us what to do and how to feel about our bodies and what to do with our bodies. So this leads me to my first recommendation of the first strategy for how you might handle a situation where someone comments on your body or on your eating habits in a way that makes you feel uncomfortable. First thing is to acknowledge your anger. Truly embrace that feeling. Don't try to stuff that stuff down. (laughs) I'm sure that you've heard that before, um, that if you try to stuff an emotion down, it'll float back up. Kind of like, you know, that pool ball that you try to submerge underwater, but it keeps coming back up because that's what it does for some scientific reason that I'm not sure I can explain here. (laughs) But yeah, feelings are just like that pool ball. (laughs) They are meant to be felt and they will keep coming back up to the surface until you look them straight in the eye and acknowledge their existence. So. This brings me to my second step in confronting these situations where we feel really conflicted and really um, frustrated by um, the dual expectations that we might be facing in terms of like wanting our autonomy and also wanting to um, continue our harmonious relationships with our family and friends. And that is to realize that controlling your body is not an act of agency or autonomy. And I know that for many of us, the instinctual reaction to hearing someone talk about our weight and our bodies is to immediately consider going on a new diet tomorrow or ramping up our exercise regime. And this is because diet culture and our society at large has convinced us that making the decision to diet or to exercise more is our own choice. And furthermore, that it's always to our benefit to engage in these behaviors. And I think this is where mindfulness really comes in to save the day. 
when you are aware of how cultural factors like what the media is saying represents the quote-unquote perfect body, you realize just how much of your decision-making is swayed by the influences that are around you and not coming from an actual place that is internal to yourself. And of course, changing our eating behaviors and engaging in an exercise routine can come from a self-nourishing place. Not here to dispute that. Um, but it really takes a lot of self-reflection and willingness to listen to the true signals from your body to decide where a decision is coming from. So that means if you find that you know, what society has sold to you as a healthy food actually tastes terrible to you or makes your stomach feel funny, um, it means that you will trust the internal signals that are coming from your body rather than disregard your body in favor of blindly trusting what societal messages are telling you. In short, I want to suggest that the way to truly assert your agency and to be a freaking rebel is to walk away quickly from the decision to diet. Every time you find yourself feeling a little bit attracted to a diet product, just say to yourself, I am literally paying to contribute to my own oppression. <laughs> that personally snaps me out of considering a diet product straight away. And finally, the third step is to reposition yourself as the agent. So here I like to insert the analogy of being a driver of a car with lots of noisy people in the back seat. No matter how many rowdy people there are in the back, you are always still going to be the driver. No amount of noise changes that. So applying that analogy to a situation where you find yourself being bombarded with comments about your eating behaviors or your body, you can visualize yourself sitting in the decision-making seat. That means that you recognize that no matter how disempowering a situation feels, every decision that you make in response to the situation is yours and yours only. And the point here is not to make the right decision every time. That's not the goal. It is to learn to be aware of how you feel after you make each decision and making decisions in the future based on what you feel is empowering to you. Importantly, the more you practice being mindful and respectful of your internal sensations, the more you will be able to make contextually informed decisions that are aligned with your values. And this is especially important in our culture where different people and settings require different responses. So for example, you might decide that you just want to smile and nod when someone is commenting on your body at a big family banquet because you don't really want to stir up any conflict and you don't want to upset the person. And alternatively, you might decide that engaging in a vibrant discussion about body image with a close family member is more empowering when you are in a home setting. So in both scenarios, you are choosing your actions in alignment with your value of enhancing relationships. In the first, you do so by not speaking up because you know that speaking up will only make the person feel annoyed and attacked, and that's not really appropriate in that situation. And in the second scenario, you speak up because you know that this person, this family member that you're close to, is open to hearing you 
and having a conversation will enhance and not harm the relationship, and it's really appropriate in this setting. And so that's it. I hope that these strategies and these tips were helpful for you, and I'm really looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Have a lovely day ahead, and if you're winding down, have a good night's rest. <laughs> Bye!